Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, Nas Reed has signed a contract extension before the start of NBA free agency. Why that's a fantastic time to get a deal done. I'll talk a little bit about the details of the deal, why it is a, frankly, a good a good deal for both sides, and also some of the concern points, I guess, or, or reasons to be cautious moving forward with Nas now extended for the next two to three years. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. Uh, lots to get to today, all involving Nas Reed and his extension. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. No matter where you listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also watch on YouTube and also on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. This show, along with all the other Lockdown Minnesota podcasts, can be found there. More great local sports coverage 24 7 for free. Again, it's the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. Today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. All right. The big news at Timberwolves Land came down Sunday afternoon, actually right when I was about to record the podcast. Glad that I didn't at that time because I would have had to redo it to talk about Nas Reed. Um, we're going to get to some draft stuff later this week because we've only had the one show since the draft. I want to talk a lot of, uh, of, of Wolves picks, Jalen Clark, Leonard Miller from last Thursday. That'll be a lot of what we get to this week. But Monday is all about Nas Reed. Nas gets his day. Um, and good on Nas. That's where I want to start. So Sunday afternoon, first broken by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, reported that Nas Reed signed a three-year, $42 million extension that involved a player option. At the time, we did not know uh, if it was three plus a player option or two plus a player option. Um, and actually, still, as of this recording, we don't know the breakdown um, yearly of the contract, just that it's three years, $42 million. It was reported later, and I believe it was John Krasinski uh, in the Twin Cities for The Athletic that reported that the player option was the third year. So the first two years are guaranteed. Year three is a player option. Um, according to So according to SpotRack, uh, it's got Nas at $12.9 million next year, estimate 13.9, and then 15 the following year. So we don't know for sure what it is, but we'll call it you know, rounding up 13 million this year, 14 million the next year, 15 million the year after that, uh, which is the player option. And that's an average annual value of $14 million per year. So um, let's start. Well, first of all, let's start by acknowledging that uh, just say congratulations to Nas Reed. I mean, like Nas is obviously the story of player development in the NBA. And you don't get that many of these stories. It's not quite like, you know, Major League Baseball and homegrown players, or even the NFL, like low draft picks that end up earning roles quickly. This is like, you don't get a ton of these, like over the course of four years, a second rounder, an undrafted guy goes from not playing slash G League to like legitimately, I mean, getting paid as a free agent or a pending free agent. It is pretty unusual. Um, I mean, like, by the way, I should say off the top of the show, if you hear a banging in the background, the neighbors having their roof redone, it feels like it's an all-day thing. There's really no way around it, so I apologize. If you just hear this, like, incessant knocking in the background, that's what that is. Um, so, I, I like, 
you just don't get that many of those homegrown stories. I know the league wants you to talk about like all these former G League players. It's not that's not quite what it is, right? The G League for a long time, frankly, has been where teams just kind of stash guys and you know pull from because in theory they're more NBA ready or whatever. And now that teams have one to one affiliates, you can install some of your offense there as well and all that stuff. But Nas is like truly a player development story and it spans multiple regimes, right? Because Gerson Rosas was who originally signed him as an undrafted free agent. Um, initially just as a summer league invite and a two-way player. And then he was so good in Vegas at summer league. The Wolves extended him the same deal. They gave Jalen Noel, who was a second round pick, which was four years, partially guaranteed, essentially the minimum. Um, and it, it, it's a win-win, right? Cause if you're an undrafted player, you take any guaranteed money, you can get anything. Right. And if you're the Wolves and he's, you know, say he was, you know, they, they could have gotten out from under him basically after a couple of years with really no harm, no foul. If, if he wasn't, good. Well, Nas quickly worked on his conditioning. He, he never, he pretty much has stayed healthy. I know he had foot issues when he first came to the league and obviously the broken wrist recently, which was fluky. Um, but he stayed healthy. He's worked hard. He's been in and out of the rotation. He played solid minutes when Towns was injured a couple of years ago. So all that to say good on Nas. And I think it's, it's more about Nas than it is about the Timberwolves as an organization, it's it's both, right? Because it's rewarding the player, and, and yeah, the Wolves did a good job. But the focus should be on Nas Reed and not the organization as a developmental story. Because again, these stories are few and far between, regardless of organization, right? I mean, the Golden State Warriors don't have that many quote-unquote player development victories, right? Other than guys who are supposed to be really good, like Steph Curry, or guys that were plug-and-play right away, and then were kind of out of the rotation relatively quickly. Remember, like, Jordan Bell or, like, Kevon Looney, I guess, is is more of a... But, like, he was in the rotation early, right? Nas is a true, like, undrafted guy, not in the rotation for, like, two and a half years, basically, except for some injury stints. And even not at the beginning of this last year, he had multiple DNP CDs because he was playing behind Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, which, by the way, was part of the reason I argued against extending Nas Reed at a high value was because of that. Like, you have to... We'll talk about that later. All that to say, the focus should be on Nas. Congratulations to Nas Reed. He worked so hard. And um, and also, like, it, I, he could have gotten more in the open market, but he wanted to be in Minnesota, and he he did what he wanted to do. He got it done. Um, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of the deal, and then I want to cover the good of the contract and also concerns or, or reasons to be cautious over the course of this deal. First of all, again, average annual value, $14 million, third, three years, $42 million. The third year is a player option. So I had had Howard Beck on the show probably about a month ago now, maybe five weeks ago. And Howard Beck had had estimated Nas could get $15 million or more on the open market and that he probably would. Um, and it had been reported back in February around the trade deadline that the Timberwolves were offering Nas 10, maybe 11 million a year over the course of caught like a four year deal. Nas was seeking closer to, I believe the number at the time was mentioned as 14 million. And the wolves were, I'm sure their position was like, Hey, we can't commit four years and 40 plus million to a third center. Well, give the wolves credit because they came down to where Nas wanted to be from a, um, I, it sounded like, Nas, I mean, Nas probably, again, could have gotten $15 million in the open market, and I'm sure that's what his agent was saying. So Nas came down a little in the average annual value, but got the contract to be shorter in order to give himself the ability to become a free agent uh, before he's 26 years old. I mean, like, 
remember, he only played one year at LSU. He's still a really young player who's been in the league for four years. So Nas gets guaranteed money, good money, for the next couple of years, a couple million more than where the Wolves, it sounded like, were willing to go initially. Even if it's not quite to where he wanted to go, he now still becomes he becomes a free agent again before he even hits his his actual prime. So by the time he's about 26 years old, that is a really good win for both sides. And on top of all of that, well, we'll get into we'll get into some of the details, I guess, on the win on the Wolf side next. But that's the structure of the deal. It provides flexibility. It gives Nas the opportunity to be a free agent before he hits his prime. It gives him an average annual value that's close to what he could have gotten. I bet on the open market he gets 15, 16 million. Again, Howard had said 15. I again, all it takes is one team to be like, yeah, this is our guy. We think he's a starter for us. And somebody would have done that. And that's at least 15 million. And I know people were thinking like the Wolves could get him for the mid-level or maybe wouldn't go above the mid-level. They they barely did, right? They only went a couple million over. And um, I should also note that actually right before I recorded this, John Krasinski at The Athletic posted a piece that, that basically says that Glenn Taylor, just a few days ago, when they were millions apart, the Wolves and Nas Reed's agent, Glenn Taylor called and said, get it done. Glenn Taylor and his wife, Becky, are big Nas Reed fans. And he just said, let's make this happen. So my guess is the Wolves are still maybe had come up to call it 12 million. And Nas probably still wanted 15. And the Wolves probably wanted a full three-year deal. And Nas probably said, hey, I need three or four at 15. And the Wolves said, we can give you two at 12 or three at 12 or whatever. And they ended up compromising on the two-year deal with the player option at the average annual value of 14, which is, again, a win for both sides. And we'll get into a little bit more, another reason why that is, um, and then also some of the reasons to be cautious about this deal. But congrats to Nas Reed. That's what we'll do throughout the show here today. Um, so more on that contract and reasons to applaud it coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every dayers, we're going to talk a little more Nasri because we'll have to talk about the rotation throughout the week, but a lot more draft, um, getting into the Wolves' two picks from last week. The rest of this week, also the Summer League roster's out. Summer League starts in about a week and a half, so Summer League practices early next week. So we'll talk about the Summer League roster, and then we get right into Summer League free agency. So it's actually a really busy July, and uh, we'll get into all that throughout the week here. Packed shows for you. At some point, we'll have another crossover. Uh, there's still teams, uh, we'll call it sharks circling in the water looking for Carl Anthony Towns. I'm going to indulge the conversation because... It's still not impossible Carl Anthony Towns is traded. I don't think it will happen. At this point, I prefer that it does not happen. Um, but I also want to talk a little about, a little bit about the potential impact. Uh, does Nas's contract impact any likelihood that Towns is or is not traded? Uh, but we'll do a little bit more of that this week, too. So lots coming up here on the show. We thank you for being everydayers and for listening to the show every single day. All right. Uh, 
let's talk about some of the additional details on the extension and um, why it's a good deal for everybody. So the timing, I talked about this from a, off the very top in terms of the certainty of having it done before free agency. This helps for a couple of reasons. One, it's done. Like put simply, it's done. It's one less thing hanging over, you know, wondering like, what are we going to do with this cap space? What if Nas signs elsewhere? Then what do we do? Um, now it's as soon as that deal's done, it's cost certainty for the next two years with the player option for the third year. The other thing is the timing from a like, hey, somebody's going to offer him sixteen million. Like if somebody comes in and says, here's you know four years sixty million at fifteen million a year, that's not crazy. I think somebody probably would have or here's three mil, three years at sixteen million a year or something like that. That's very possible. The Wolves got a better deal than most teams would have gotten on the open market, but again. Nas only gave a little because the average annual value of 14 is still good and he gets to be where he wants to be. There's so many stories out there of Nas interacting with fans in the Twin Cities and them showing their love to him, him showing their love to them, and him genuinely wanting to be in Minnesota. Marnie Gellner talked in the postcast, Marnie for Valley Sports North, all season about uh, on the postcast uh, off the air. She she talked frequently about how Nas was a a, a, a an organizational favorite, a favorite of the media Everybody loved Nas Reed. She said he was genuinely one of the nicest humans she knew, definitely one of the nicest players she'd covered. Um, that's that's important. That matters from a culture perspective to reward those guys. I think that matters more than the quote-unquote player development story because how many coaches did Nas Reed have over the course of his player development? He had multiple head coaches, like three different head coaches. Um you go, well, I guess Saunders, I guess two technically, because Saunders still would have been coach when he was drafted. So two head coaches, two front offices, two sets of assistant coaches. Uh, the, the coaching staff, the organization, the scouting staff, so much of it has changed over the last four years. So I think it's more a testament to the the culture in general that both regimes, and especially now Tim Connolly, in light of why Gerson or of Gerson Rosas leaving, and 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 the circumstances around that, the culture and what it speaks to, that Nas wants to stay there because of his current coach, his current coach, his current teammates, the culture that has been in place since Chris Finch took over. I think Chris Finch deserves a ton of credit, right? Finch predates Finch was a Rosas hire, right? He predates Tim Connolly. It's a huge testament to the culture, and it sends a great message to, to other teams and other players, other potential free agents, guys who potentially could end up in Minnesota. Um, so that's all a plus. I, I mentioned earlier, it's a huge win for Nas. He gets a massive raise from basically the minimum to uh, to, to to this deal, $14 million a year. And he, again, becomes a free agent before he hits his prime, before he's 26 years old. So he's betting on himself that when he gets minutes, he's going to be effective and teams will still see the projectability in him moving forward, even if he does play a third big role in Minnesota. There's the obvious good news that keeping a good player at a good um, a good average annual value or good value in general is really important to have like, yes, and we will talk about the 100 plus million next year guaranteed to three centers because that needs to be talked about. It's it's something that has rarely, if ever, been done before in the NBA. But keeping a good player at good value matters, right? It, it's not quite like, like positions matter in the NBA. It's not entirely positionless basketball, right? Um, but it's a little different than like, 
paying three shortstops $100 million in baseball, right? Or, or paying three quarterbacks $100 million in football. In basketball, it's more about having the best players you can that see rotation minutes and having them at good value so you can fill in the rest of your roster. And I'm about to... I'm. I'm about to play devil's advocate on this a little bit because my whole part of my whole discussion the last few weeks of caution when it comes to extending Nas Reed is the flip side of this argument. But you could just say like, hey, Nas was one of the Wolves' best seven players last year. So like if you could keep him at below market value, if his market value is call it 15 to 16 million and you keep him at 14, by definition, you're getting a good value and you're keeping one of your best players at good value. And that matters. That's a good thing. The last point I'll make about the value of the contract being positive or, or the, the circumstances being positive is that the contract's tradable. Now, I'm not at all saying that, uh, that the Wolves are extending Nas to then trade him later, but that's important, right? Because coming into this offseason, what do we say? The Wolves don't have tradable assets. Beyond Carl Anthony Towns, they're not trading Anthony Edwards. They're not trading Jane McDaniels. They're not trading... Uh, they couldn't trade Rudy Gobert, and they're not going to... Um, there, there's no sense in trading Mike Conley. Uh, they've got a bunch of unrestricted guys at low dollars that aren't like sign and trade options, right? So your only real trade options are the guys you drafted last year, Josh Minot, Wendell Moore. You're not going to trade them. You don't have first rounders to trade. Basically, the Wolves were, we did a show a few weeks ago and the Wolves being one of the most quote unquote stuck teams based on a John Hollinger article where he, he ranked the Wolves as one of the league's most stuck teams. Um, and that's true. The only way the Wolves make major differences this offseason is keeping their own guys and or trading Carl Anthony Towns. But now Nas Reed is a trade asset moving forward. Of course, he can't be traded for a few months. But like, say, at the deadline, if for some reason something goes terribly this season, he'd be an asset. More likely, it would be next offseason or the deadline following. Um, but the fact that the Wolves now have a tradable contract that, again, back to my last point, is a good value. Teams around the league will see this as a good value, and there will be teams that have a greater need at the big man role than the Wolves do. The Wolves have two All-NBA centers, and Carl Dittas and Rudy Gobert. If they're both healthy for the next year and play well, and Nas plays well in short stints, the Wolves could trade Nas next summer and get themselves a couple of first-round picks and another rotation player, right? Like, that's, they could do that. And clearly, Nas knows that that's a possibility, right? He wants to be in Minnesota. They built a good culture. I, I wouldn't see this as like a like a betraying his trust type of thing. Everybody knows it's a business. It's only a two year deal. If if like Nas truly wanted to go down the the path of like I'm going to be super loyal to this organization, he would have signed for ten, eleven million a few months ago. And of course, nobody would expect him to do that. It would be absurd. But that's 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 kind of my counter to I guess the straw man I've set up now of like oh well it would be disloyal and you undo all this if you trade him a year. No. That's how the NBA works. It's it's good good value. Other teams would want that good value. So if there's a team that has a catastrophic injury at the end of next season and they have a big hole to fill next June, the Wolves could say, yeah, we'll take your first rounder and a couple future firsts or whatever um, to trade Nas Reed. That's a possibility. But the value of the contract, knowing that he would have gotten more in the open market and knowing that he's only not even 24 years old, and, and it's, it's, it's a number that's in a very tradable range, right? You could package this salary and one more to get to a max level. Um, you could trade this salary and get a couple of role players back, like guys in the Torian Prince range in terms of salary and, and you know, rotation. Like you could, or rotation, um, like what their, what their preferred ideal role is. There's a lot of possibities because it is, it is a salary, a dollar amount that's very reasonable and it's in a, it's in a 
a good range to be traded. And that's another benefit. You have to consider all these things when you're extending guys and signing guys in the NBA. All right. I want to close with concerns is maybe a strong word, but I guess words of caution, which includes some of the reasons I was wary about giving Nas Reed this amount of money. So we'll do that here next to close the show today. All right, just to be really clear, I am happy that the Wolves have Nas Reed in the fold moving forward. From a um, from somebody who grew up following the Timberwolves, it's great to see them retain their own talent who could have gotten paid elsewhere more. And a guy also from a player development standpoint or from his own personal story working from, frankly, an overweight, out of shape, undrafted player to a legit rotation piece making an average annual value of $14 million a year. That's fantastic. However... From an analyst standpoint, from a realist standpoint, the Timberwolves are now paying $105 million next year to three guys whose primary position is center. Rudy Gobert is only playing center. Carl Anthony Towns, for you know 90-plus percent of his minutes in his career, has played center. Nas Reed, similar story. Close to, we'll call it about 90%. I'm exaggerating a little, but close to that have been played at center. Um, so... That that's one of the reasons I was cautious. The other thing is I'm going to pull up the actual minutes here in a second, but I talked about this the other day in kind of my, I guess if I had just like a Trump card and like, here's why a deal doesn't make sense. If I had to just give one reason, it would have been that last year when Carlton Towns was out, um, Nas Carlton Towns missed 53 games last season. Nas Reed still only averaged 18.4 minutes per game, despite the fact that Carl Anthony Towns missed 53 games. That, to me, would concern me if I'm Nas for how many minutes I'm going to get and also for the Wolves to give a guy who, like, I'm glad he loves Chris Finch and I'm glad Chris Finch loves Nas Reed, but he still only found a way to get him 18 minutes per game. Before Carl Anthony Towns' injury, Nas Reed only, so the first 15 games of last season, Nas Reed only averaged 12.9 minutes per game, less than 13 minutes per game. He missed three games because he was banged up. But there were four games that Nas Reed did not play in as they did not play coach's decision, a DNP CD. So the first 21 games of the season, Nas played in 15. He missed three due to injury, three because he just simply wasn't part of the rotation. And he had four other games that he played less than 10 minutes, including one that he played just two minutes in. And he averaged 12.9 minutes per game over 15 contests before the injury. Now, you could argue, yeah, that was before he broke out. Sure. And Nas played better last year than he had for much of his first three seasons. But it wasn't drastically better than what we had seen from Nas over the past few years. For the most part, at least for the past two seasons, for the most part, Nas was what we thought he was last year. The biggest thing is that he maintained his three-point percentage of you know 34-plus percent while increasing the volume as being a little bit of a a more um, high-usage guy, right? His usage rate was much higher last year. And the rebounding improved incrementally. And I've talked about this a ton on the show. If you're a regular listener, you know I've harped on Nasrud's rebounding for years. That was my biggest concern with him as a backup center, was he was a poor rebounder. This last year, he was a competitive rebounder. By far a career-high in rebound rate. It improved almost two percentage points. It improved almost five percentage points on the defensive end of the floor. That has to stick for Nas. He has to have an improved or or have this this uh, defensive rebound rate of almost seventeen percent. Excuse me, tw- nope, twenty three percent, fifteen percent total rebound rate. That has to stick for Nas for this deal to to make a ton of sense, in my opinion. Um, so 
that that was his biggest improvement point. Briefly on lineups, um, clearly Nas is going to have to play the four because you're going to use on most nights, 48 minutes at center are going to be between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns unless one is in foul trouble early, early in the game. Um, you're going to find a way to keep Rudy and Cat in the game for a combined 48 minutes at the five. Nas is going to play some four. According to basketball reference, he played 21% of his minutes at the power forward spot last year, but only two... Only two of the 29 lineups that Nas Reed played in last year. So his 20, sorry, let me rephrase this. Nas Reed played in 29 different five-man lineups for at least 10 minutes a game. He had a bunch of, you know, everybody has a bunch of those couple of minutes here and there, five-man combinations. And Nas played the four in some of those. But of his top 29 most used five-man lineups, he only played the power forward spot in two of them. Both were Rudy Gobert at the five, and they actually both were kind of weird. They were like, one had Bryn Forbes in it, the other one had Austin Rivers in it. They were weird five-man lineups. So I guess the point here is, on the plus side, what we don't know may not necessarily be a bad thing. I know that over the course of Nas's career in Minnesota, his minutes at the four next to Carlton Towns have not been positive. You can go back to the Ryan Saunders years. Saunders didn't want to do it. Like, Saunders wanted to play small, right? He was playing Josh Akugi at the four for a long time, like... Nas and Cat together didn't happen much. When it did, it wasn't all that successful. And that was the case again last year. Look at Nas Reed's two-man lineups from last season. His second worst two-man lineup, throwing out A.J. Lawson because he played one game with Nas Reed, his second worst two-man lineup was next to Rudy Gobert. In 199 minutes, so 200 minutes together, Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert were a minus 12.7. And incidentally, he was, uh, Rudy was what? His seventh most used two-man lineup. Because again, it's not super, it's not a super big sample size. But it was his second worst two-man lineup. His sixth worst two-man lineup was Carl Anthony Towns. It was only 85 minutes because of Towns' injury and then Nas's injury right after Towns came back. They were a minus 7.3. So Nas's minutes at the four, to put it, a, to call it a mixed bag would be kind. They were not good. Nas was not good at the four last season, or the Wolves, I should say, as a team, were not good with Nas at the four. That has to change in order to justify this. And I know there's all sorts of, you know, per minute scoring stats, and everybody knows that Nas has had great per 36 minutes. What was he last year? I don't, I don't like the per 36 thing, but per 36 minutes, Nas was 22.5 points, 9.6 rebounds per game. So again, the rebound rate is competitive. Going back to what, what I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, the rebound rate, like you can live with your center averaging 9.6 rebounds per game, or again, a total rebound rate of basically 20, uh, no, total of 15% defensive rebound rate of 23%. That plays. The concern I have is defensively at the four, especially if Towns is at the five. Um, that That's my primary concern. And again, I think he improved a little there last year too. The block rate was down, but that's because of the coverage the Wolves were playing and and just, you know, he played a little more with Rudy too. And so when he was at the four with Rudy, his role wasn't to be the low man and protect the rim. So I, like, I have a little bit of concern there. I have a little bit of concern about the three-point shot. I know it's been consistently around 34% his entire career, but as the volume continues to increase, that's still well below league average, and and if he's playing at the four, our team's going to respect that enough to provide enough spacing on offense. I know he kind of counters that because he's such a good passer and he can put the ball on the floor, and his most dangerous thing 
is the straight line drives off the dribble. He's like a light version of Carl Anthony Towns, a more athletic version of Carl Anthony Towns, but in terms of his efficiency, a light version of Carl Anthony Towns. So the two-man lineups with other bigs concerns me. He, the rebounding must stay. The shooting percentage has to stick and hopefully improve as the volume improves. It's just a lot to ask. Um, so there are reasons to be cautious. And yes, it gives the Wolves another trade asset, but they also have more than $100 million guaranteed, $105 million guaranteed next year to guys who are best cast as centers. Um, and it's only going to feed into some of the some of the national conversation people kind of poking fun at the Wolves. So be prepared for that. If you haven't seen it already, it's going to be out there. Now, I think it helps that a lot of people just love Nas Reed. People are happy for him. But there's going to be teams that, um, or excuse me, uh, national media folks that, laugh at the 100 million plus to centers. And there's some fair criticism to be had there, to be very, very clear. There's some fair criticism to be had there. But because Nas and Carl Towns are both such unique players, it can work. And I want to talk more about some of the rotation stuff. We'll get into more of the lineup data, more of like who fits with who, and also who's going to see rotation minutes of the two second-year guys in Mina and more and the two rookies in, in Miller and um, and Clark. Well, Clark's out for months because of the Achilles injury, but we'll talk about all that this week. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot to get to. I, I have so much planned for the for the next couple of weeks, and uh, I, I'm excited to talk to talk more rotation. Now that we have some answers heading into free agency that starts here in less than a week now. All right, that's all we have for today here on the show. A big thank you again for listening to Lockdown Wolves. A reminder, you can watch the show for free anywhere, excuse me, listen anywhere, and watch on YouTube. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at my account, which is at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.